Herzlich willkommen im Feed Your Brain Podcast. Welcome to all my English listeners. Just to give you a short hint here, the interview will of course be held in English, um, but the introduction, introduction is going to be in German. Ja, schön, dass ihr alle eingeschaltet habt. Ähm, heute haben wir wirklich aus meiner Sicht aus verschiedenen Gründen ein ganz besonderes Highlight, ein ganz besonderes Highlight zu Gast im Interview gehabt und ähm, natürlich aus dem ersten Grund, dass das Interview auf Englisch stattfinden wird. Das heißt, ich habe mich da mal so ein bisschen aus der Komfortzone begeben sozusagen. Darüber hinaus haben wir heute den CCO von Vayner Media zu Gast. Wir haben jetzt schon öfter über Gary Vaynerchuk gesprochen, der der, der Gründer von Vayner Media ist. Aber heute haben wir wirklich einen zu Gast, der auch so, der wirklich als kreativ, kreativer Director so erklärt, wie wichtig es ist, Kreativität im Unternehmen zu haben und wie so die einzelnen Prozesse aussehen, die bei Vayner Media und bei ihm eben selber auch ähm, funktioniert haben und stattgefunden haben, um Businessprozesse kreativ sozusagen zu behandeln. Dann spricht er auch darüber, wie man überhaupt Creative Director bei, bei so einem Unternehmen werden kann und was so seine Lebensschritte waren, was ich extrem spannend finde. Ähm, und dann sprechen wir im ersten Teil des Interviews, das ist ja nur noch das erste, der erste Teil, der zweite Teil kommt dann später, ähm, sprechen wir jetzt noch im ersten Teil darüber, inwiefern oder was er so zu, für eine Meinung darüber hat, dass Kreativität nicht einfach angeschaltet werden kann, wie so ein, wie so ein Lichtschalter, sondern dass, es muss man, dass man eben so eine, so eine Art Creative Mood kommen muss, also so eine Stimmung. Und da berichtet er eben so ein bisschen aus, aus seinen Erfahrungen. Und ähm, natürlich extrem spannend, weil er der der kreative Chef sozusagen von über 200 Leuten ist bei Vayner Media und äh, gibt uns da wirklich einen sehr, sehr schönen Einblick und ich bin gespannt, was du von der Episode halten wirst. Würde mich freuen, wenn sie dir gefallen hat, wenn du sie teilst und äh, auf deinen äh, Social Media Plattformen weiter ähm, weiter verlinkst sozusagen und freue mich auf das Interview, freue mich, dass du, zu, dass du zuhörst und viel Spaß. Welcome to all my German listeners, welcome to all the American listeners, and welcome to the Feed Your Brain podcast. This is actually the first English episode that we're going to do, and uh, today we have a very special guest here, uh, Steve Babcock, who is the Chief Creative Officer of VaynerMedia. Probably some of the listeners know VaynerMedia, it's uh, the digital, digital agency in, uh, in America, um, launched actually by Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, we have talked about him several times here in the podcast, and we are Very grateful to have you here on the podcast and the CCO of VaynerMedia, Steve Babcock. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, thank you for uh, for having me. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a it's a pleasure. And uh, actually, I'm quite nervous since it's the first English interview, but uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna fire it up. So please uh, let's let's talk about a little bit about yourself. Uh, let's tell us something about your background, where you come from, what was your childhood like, and um, how did you actually become CCO of VaynerMedia? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it was a, it was a long, uh, a long journey. So, um, I grew up in a really small town in Idaho. Mm -hmm. Um, everyone just knows Idaho for their potatoes. Uh, I was not, a, I was not a potato farmer, but there was a potato field in the back of my house. So somebody close by was a potato farmer. Um, so I, I grew up there. I lived my whole childhood there. Uh, we had, we had like one traffic light. You know, there's about maybe three to four thousand people, so it's a small town. And uh, I grew up there, and never knew of marketing or advertising or anything as a job, or never even thought about it. And uh, after that, I uh, I moved to the the closest big city, which is Salt Lake City, Utah. So that was just directly below Idaho. So I went there, 
to uh, to snowboard. Really, uh, they have really really good skiing and snowboarding. And I was like, I'm gonna go snowboarding there. Uh, ended up going to school at the University of Utah. And while I was doing that, I needed a job. And so a friend of mine, you know, had an in or whatever at an agency, an advertising agency called uh, Euro RSCG agency in town. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I, I went there and I got a job as a working in the mail room. Um, so like I was the guy that sorted the mail. Um, I went around and made sure there was paper and all of the copy machines, um, ran, you know, ran stuff to other, to vendors, to printing companies. I was just like the errand boy. The, class- um, the classic intern stuff, right? <laughs> I know. I know. Totally yes. Uh, but in doing so, it was really good for me too. Well, A, it was just a great job because it allowed flexibility. So I, for my classes, I'm going to school, but I'm coming back. But what I didn't realize at the time, which turned out to be a really, really good thing for me, was that I was able to to get to know a lot of these professionals, a lot of these art directors and copywriters and creative directors. And when I'm there, I was just like, "Wow, this seems like a really cool industry." Like this is, and I'm I'm realizing like I would all I was always interested in film and in art and those kinds of things. So I was was I knew I was going to do something in the creative sphere, but I just didn't know that this was a a thing that existed. I didn't know this was a job. So I just kind of befriended people and got into it. And long story short, the, that agency had a scholarship contest uh, for any any resident inside the state, students. Um, you know, you submitted a portfolio if you were creative. You submitted a business plan if you were a strategy, et cetera. And uh, it was for $10,000. So it was a pretty good scholarship. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, and I'm like, well, I'm going to school. I need this money. I was at the time about to get married, which was another expense that I was trying to figure out how to handle. And uh, so I entered. Uh, I, I was like, I started to stay late. I befriended a guy named Dan Orgill, a really good art director who let me use his computer at night when he went home. Uh, so I just like built like a little portfolio of fake ads. Like I remember there was like billboards for like a mustard company and like whatever. It was, <laughs> it was really, really bad, but I submitted it. And I won the the contest. Um, so that was really good. So I was like, oh, cool. I can pay for school. And then they said, well, we also want to give you a job as a copywriter, um, as a junior copywriter. I was like, mm-hmm. wow, that's that's awesome. Okay, I'll take it. And uh, even though I kind of thought my book was more of an art director book, but I didn't know the difference. So I just was like, a real job, I'll take it. Sure, and yeah. uh, I was like, salary. It was like $20,000 a year, but I was like, <laughs> I'll do it. Um and then, and then that's that. And then I just kind of, I worked there and then from there I found that I really enjoyed it. So then I moved around to a couple different agencies. I was there for about 10 years in, in Utah. Oh, wow. And then I moved to, to Colorado where I was for another 10 years. Um, and there I worked, uh, for an agency called Crispin Porter Bergeski, um, which was probably, well, not probably, it was definitely my most influential time. That's, I'm really cut from that cloth and uh, I loved working there and that was really, really, really great. And um, then I left there to start up a little office in, in Colorado for a company out of San Francisco called Evolution Bureau. I did that for about three years and uh-huh. then uh, said, you know what? I actually want to start my own company. So I was like, I, I left EVB and said, let me go do this. And then how old, that's how old I, were you in that? How old were you in that uh, during that, that period? That, That was like four years ago. So I was 30. I suck at math. I'm turning 40 this year. So I was 36 um, when I left Crispin. And then and then three years later. So just two years ago, I was like, I'm going to go do this. And and then I got this phone call from a guy named Gary. And um, I'm like, I don't know who you are. And I don't I don't want to move to New York. Um, 
but I appreciate the call, you know, whatever. And eventually I was, you know, I ended up meeting him and, uh, but they and didn't, was, they didn't know him before or no, I didn't know him before. And I looked at it, I looked up, I remember I was meeting him in Vegas. And so I thought, well, I better just look this guy up before I meet him. You know, I should do my homework. <laughs> And I got a video, I got served a video where he was at the construction site of what is now our office in New York at Hudson Yards. And so he wasn't talking about marketing or anything. He was just, he had this hard hat on and like a safety vest. And I remember like one <laughs> sleeve of his shirt was unrolled and the other one wasn't. And he was just like barking, barking at the camera. And I'm like, who is this guy? And, and I've told him this story, so we get a laugh out of it. But I'm like, I'm going to hate this guy. Like, just, <laughs> or, or I'm going to be, we're not going to gel. Like, we're so different. This is like super high energy, crazy, crazy, crazy. Like, and I'm, I'm, I'm not that. So anyway, we met and I kind of went in with just sort of like, let me just get this meeting over with and then I can go, go back to my life. And it was a really a transformative conversation. Um, a, I just realized we had a lot in common in terms of our philosophies of, okay. of this business. Mm -hmm. And I was just struck by how much of a good human being he was. And it was really like, wow. So I left Vegas and my wife called me and she was just like going to ask me to like grab some milk on the way home. You know, not thinking of it because it was literally just a charity meeting for me. Sure. Yeah, but, sure. uh, like, Hey, we should, that was a really good meeting. And she was like, no, I don't want to move to New York, you know? So, uh, <laughs> so it was, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty interesting. So, and then about eight months later, I, I, uh, I decided to, to come aboard and I did that about a year ago today. So I've been at VaynerMedia for just a, about exactly one year. Wow. That's a like, super, super inspiring story. I think maybe just to take a step back, I mean, women always have to suffer in that kind probably because she has to move to New York suddenly. And, um, but to take a step back, how was creativity involved in your childhood? Like, did you, did you like to draw pictures or did you take, did you love to take pictures or how was your creativity involved? Did your parents have an influence? Did you, did your siblings have an influence or how was your, your childhood like? I mean, absolutely. I come from a, Uh, looking back now, I actually realize how creative of a family that I come from. So I'm the baby. I'm the baby of five kids. So oh, I, have, okay. I have three older brothers, an older sister, and then me. So I was just a, a product of uh, you know all the influence. So And it was funny because I look back and it's like, again, super small town in Idaho. My dad uh, was was the surgeon. He was like the doctor. Mm -hmm. or, you know, like the only one, you know, so he was doc. Um <laughs> So he was a surgeon and, um, and, and we would, my brothers and my, I was always the tag along, you know, but, but I, you know, whether it was music, uh, making videos, we made a lot of videos and this was back with like super eight video. Like mm -hmm. you had the little camera and you'd have to go get it, uh, developed. We made like stop motion things. We were trying to make movies. We were like the first family in the small town to get like a, a VHS camcorder. Like, so we were always doing that. But the whole so family or just your siblings? Uh, I mean, mostly the brothers and myself, okay. you know, but then, you know, once I got into high school and a lot of my brothers were out of the house, in fact, just my sister was, you know, I, I remember with I, my group of friends, we created a little, you know, production company. We were called the kids. And we would make these little movies on the weekends. We'd take like kids books, like children's books, and then remake them. And they were just, they were horrible. They were really dumb. But I got into editing. Okay. Uh, so I got a, I, rem I, can, I can actually remember the, the program was called the Matrox. <laughs> Ill 
Illuminator. And this is back when it was like a card that went in the back of your PC. Like this, there was no iMovie or like anything. So this is back in like the early nineties. And, uh, I learned how to edit cause I would edit, make these movies. Um, and then we put them in the, the, the town in Idaho is called Jerome, Idaho. I doubt they're there, but we took them down and, and have these VHS tapes of our movies so that people could rent them from the, from the Jerome public library. That's Probably crazy. to this date, no one has ever rented them, but uh, we, we thought that was, we, we did our own distribution. So there was that. I got really into music. So I played in, in bands. Um, you know, so then I, I got really into music and, and got into bands. And, and, uh, and then after I left Idaho and Salt Lake, we formed a band that I was in for about eight years that uh, we toured. We got, we were fairly successful. Um, so yeah, I've yeah. always art, you know, I have, I have one brother who's literary scholar, is a very good writer. I have another brother who's more of an industrial design, designs watches for Nixon watch company and, and snowboard boots and those kinds of things and music. All that, for some reason, okay. has been in my family, for sure. Wow, okay. That's uh, that's quite interesting that the whole family is creative. I think some some families have like one or two siblings that are creative and all the other ones are more like in other fields. Um but I think that's quite that's quite interesting and quite rare uh for your family. So um I think that's that's very interesting, but what I what I find especially like um especially like rare for you is that you have the business skills already in your in your in your DNA somehow when you had did your little video stuff and wanted to distribute it to some uh, some some other people but also the creative side on actually filming stuff editing it and that's so you combine the two two resources which i find is quite rare and interesting and i think that's what you are doing at Vayner also but what i always wonder about and what actually was a question also from uh, from a listener to you is is creativity somehow involved in the dna of a person or do you think it can be learned throughout like an entire life or maybe throughout time I, my personal belief is that it, it is innate that it is that it is as part of part of your dna or part of part of who you are in the same but but that it that it can be developed you know to be even more so it's like it's there are certain people who have a natural um, ability to be musical, like natural singing ability or natural mm -hmm. talent. Um, and then those people who have that, you know, they can really work at it and perfect it and get better and better and better. But then, um, you know, I think there are other people who are more naturally gifted with left brain things like mathematics, you know, which I've always been really scared of and painful at, but like, <laughs> so I, I, I do think that you are, sort of initially you have a foundation of like you have creative tendency, like you have create, there's something in there. Now mm -hmm. the manifestation of what creative is differs though. Mm -hmm. Right. So that depends on what you mean. Like I think there can be creative problem solvers, right. people that maybe aren't artistic, like, mm -hmm. Oh, I can design or I can paint or I can write an amazing story. But there are people that are in business settings that are like, I have the ability to take a problem And, and use creativity to solve that problem in a way that maybe isn't expected. So I think, I think there's a lot of definitions to creativity, but, um, but absolutely. I mean, it, take just the artistic side, even growing right. up, right. I remember in high school, one of my friends, you know, because we were the art nerds in, in the art class, I had a friend, uh, Andy Stoffer, who was like, it was just clear he had something that none of us had. Mm -hmm. 
like yeah. just this natural ability. Like all of our stuff was like decent, and he was always just like next level, like really good artist, really good designer. It, yeah. So I think it's I think it's in you for sure. I don't think I think you have a hard time if it's not in you, and then mm. you try to learn it. It's one of my fundamental issues, and I say this um, I say this with with a caveat that this is this is not a blanket statement, but it is one of my issues with portfolio schools. Mm-hmm. What are por- like portfolio at- schools? Uh, in, in the States, the ad schools, like schools where people go to, 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 to build book, like creative, like copywriters and art directors, like advertising schools. And and I say that because it's like, there's super good people who come out of those, but I do think there's always a percentage of, of people who, who don't have that creativity in them. Uh And they see that this is a super cool, fun job. Like I want to be a writer in advertising, or I want to be a designer. So they go to these schools to try to learn it. And I found, I found a lot of times they come back, you know, they come out into the world and they don't actually just possess it. Mm-hmm. And so they, they, they only can go as far as like an instructor told them how to act. Like, I think it's, it's in you for sure. Got it. Yeah. Got right. It. But from my opinion, what you just said is, um, that all the business owners have some kind of creativity since they see a problem and then they find a solution and the way between is like pure creativity, I think. So probably every business owner is somehow creative. Well, absolutely. And I, like, you know, it's funny. I was having this conversation with Gary a couple months ago. That's a good sign. Where I, where I was, yeah. Well, but I was just like, I'm like, and where he, he, we were talking about, it, he's like, wait, I'm a creative then. And I'm like, I know you're a really good one. Like, but he, he hadn't, our world, the marketing world has really sort of decided like a creative uh-huh. person in a creative department and everybody else. And it's like, well, no, Gary, you, you might not be a designer, or you not, might not be a writer, yeah. but you are, you are creative mm-hmm. by all, by absolutely. You're living proof of, of brilliance in the creative realm. But we get that mistaken sometimes that it's like, oh, to be a creative means I have to understand how to use Illustrator. It's like, well, no, that you're, you're a designer and that's yeah. a way you ex- execute your creativity. But are you creative? The creative thought and the execution of are, are two things. But maybe the next question fits right well into this one because I think what you just said that Gary is actually a business owner but has like a huge level of creativity in him in his DNA. Like how do you, how important is the mix of business skills and creative skills when you want to lead a company like VaynerMedia which is 800 employees and lot of lots of stuff uh, going around? It is so critical and I think that's I was asked a question once of like what's the future of creative direction, you know, like yeah. creative directors and agencies and I said uh, I said, it, it, it's this, it's, you have to be hybrids. You have to fully understand the business part of what we do mm-hmm. and then also be able to understand and illuminate the creative side of what we do. Historically, it hasn't been that way. Historically, they're very siphoned where a creative director is like, all I'm, you tell me what the, the assignment is and then mm-hmm. I will come up with the pretty picture or, or the, or the film or whatever for that. And then that's kind of that. It, it, moving forward nowadays, creative directors are more like uh, what I guess I would call like creative or business orchestrators. I don't know. I don't have a good okay. word for it. But it's like because you have to now take a, a – you have to understand business. You have to understand a marketing problem. You have to understand like, okay, the client is, is going to put forth this much money. They have this budget to have this thing come to pass, right, uh-huh. to solve this particular problem, create awareness, sell this product, blah, blah, blah. You have to understand that. Then – 
you have to use creativity. Yeah. Again, I, I haven't opened up Photoshop or Illustrator yet or anything. I haven't done any of that stuff. I have to use creativity to go, how would I solve this problem for them? Uh-huh. And that's usually, that's more of a business strategy mindset in the yeah. old world. And then the last part of the whole thing, like, is the actual execution part. That's like, and that's the difference. Creatives yeah. usually are brought in when it's just like, it's time to do the execution part. For a creative to be a leader in creative now, it's like, you have to, you have to lead the whole thing. Right. You have to understand like, oh, and that means you have to understand media, like in a major way, mm-hmm. right? And right now there's a new platform being developed that we haven't even heard of that's going to be the next big thing. Like you have to know these things, understand these things, know where the audiences are, know how to, to, to hack these systems, blah, 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 because you're trying to solve this business problem, which very well may not be an ad, right? right? An ad might not be the, so all of, it's so much more like, I like to say that creativity isn't, uh, it's not like Van Gogh. It's not like painting a picture. It's, uh-huh. it's, it's MacGyver who, I don't know if you guys know MacGyver in the no, States back, back in the eighties, he was a guy that it was a sh- TV show and he was a guy that could always like solve problems. He could like build a bomb with like a toothpick and a, a you know, a, a spray paint can or whatever. So it's more that That's it's crazy. like dis- okay. yeah. cre- creativity is like dismantling a bomb versus painting a picture. Totally get it. So always be like at the pulse of uh, moving and digitalization and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So it's more like a business artist. Maybe that's a, a good word for it. I don't know. It just came into my mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how did you actually like to in the next step? How did you actually learn more about, um, about creative processes and about the whole structure of, okay, we have a problem. How do we get to a solution and the creative way in between? How did you learn more about it? Was it just like execution and learning by doing or? Did you have like external people that helped you in some way or books or seminars or somehow? Yeah. I mean, it's a combination of all things. I would think the, the probably the most influential thing was just the failures. Okay. Like, Great. and, yeah. and I have to, have to deal with them. Right. So as a younger creative, um, you know, being a little more immature in this business was like, I would have an assignment, create, you know, client, and I would have like the thing I wanted to do. It was so funny or creative or quirky or whatever, and, you know, force it through and then have it fail. Mm-hmm miserably and then i have to live with that failure like i'm the one you know whatever it's like so you can do that a, a few times and then you're like i don't like how that feels i right. don't like that I'm, i'm being paid to provide a service and then i fail at the service and then i suck at my job uh-huh. and and so that pressure started to help me realize like wait a minute this is a service industry like i'm being paid to utilize my creativity to mm-hmm. make a thing happen to yeah. persuade an audience to do a thing. So I need to start, I need to change my process. I used to start with just like, what's the, what's the fun, cool, creative idea thing versus, okay, I need to change where I start. I need to start with this problem and dig into this and understand this and, 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 and really focus there. And then once you, because I think if you spend the more time you spend on the problem, the less time you have to spend on the solution because it sort of just presents itself. And then you're mm-hmm. like, oh, well, that's easy. Let's do that. I would say, you know, my years at, at Crispin were significantly influential so many really really smart people during that time when i was there it was a very transformative agency in the industry uh, but very specifically a guy named andrew keller who um incidentally we both moved out from colorado together out to new york he, he took a gig he's the chief creative officer at facebook mm-hmm. um which is awesome because we still get to work together but uh he he was definitely the most influential in terms of uh business savvy helping me understand that like you have to, it is about solving problems. Right. It's not about creating your art. Yeah. Like 
solving problems. It, that's the new form of art. So the focus, uh, so to focus on the thing that actually the other company or the other side wants and then transform it into a good solution. Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You got to start there. I have so many creatives who will always be like, just give me the creative brief and I'm going to go off and start concepting. Okay. They don't ask any questions. They don't question the, the challenge. Like, and I find that creatives who stay there and go, wait, I just want to understand the problem. I understand why, why are we doing this? Why is the client doing this? Why is it? They're the ones who I'm like, you're going to end up with the best solution because you're really identifying the problem versus somebody else who's a little more immature that is just like, hey, I'm going to use the client's marketing budget to just go make this wacky, funny film that I think is funny or, or that yeah. my peers will, will like. And it's like, it's going to be painful. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. But what I think also is quite uh, quite good to know here that that you actually, VaynerMedia is working with the Fortune 500 companies. Um, they are all transforming into a digitalized world. I'm actually working at one, uh, right now as an intern. So I'm kind of getting the feeling how, how companies have to struggle to get digitalized and how you can, uh, be a part of it and, uh, be helpful in that kind of, uh, transformation. Um, but, but to me, to be more personal, how does, how does Steve Babcock get into a creative mood? Like, because I remembered when I thought about, for example, my podcast name or a business name, I'm always try to get like I always try to get like a, the creative mood on like a light, but it doesn't work. So how do you, how does Steve Babcock get into creative mood? Do you have do you go like for a walk or do you sport do you do sports? I, I saw you do basketball. How do you get creative? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you would have seen more of what I of, of other than what I posted, you will see I don't do basketball. Um, I suck <laughs> at sports. Um, I, I, I enjoy I enjoy watching them, but I'm I'm really. I'm really horrible. It was funny when I when I first met Gary. He was like, "Do you like sports?" I'm like, "I like guitar." And he was just like, "What?" Yeah, we're very different. Like, he's a sports guy. I'm the I'm the I was the skateboarder, snowboarder, band nerd guy. But um, but you yeah, tried to compete with Gary with uh, in basketball. Oh, no. Well, no, no, no. I never would play sports with him. But you know, just hanging out in in the in now that I've moved to New York and definitely being in VaynerMedia New York. You know, it's a very it's a it's a lot of adamant jets fan you know there's a lot of sports fans again right. growing sure. up where i grew up now i i got into sport i got into the broncos when i moved to denton oh, nice. moved to colorado okay. you know, i'm like yeah okay but in idaho there was no sport team so i never had like my team okay yeah you know, not like a football was, team like every american has right yeah yeah there wasn't any of that but um you know for me i don't really have i don't have a uh like oh, I'm not feeling creative, so I'm going to go do this thing. Like, I don't, I don't have that. Um, what I found that for me is to always be making something mm -hmm. um, and, and, and making with the intent of like, I, if this may work or it may not, like meaning I, I'm not going to put so much into one thing. I'm not going to put all my eggs into one thing. I'm going to constantly be doing things and trying things. And, and what's awesome is now with all the tools and platforms – um, that's, that we're, we're able to do that. I mean, even dumb things. So for example, like, mm -hmm. you know, on my, Insta on my Instagram, I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to do this dumb thing called the hello show. And I'm going to randomly just turn, it'll be on Instagram live. And it's where I'll walk around the office and just sit down next to someone without telling them, say hello. And then I ask them like three, just like super odd or weird, deep questions. And they're all, <laughs> they're live and they're answering. And then I go to the next, and I'm like, that's kind of fun. I'll keep doing it. And then if that sucks, I'll do something else. So I'm always just trying okay. things. I think you, 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 you are more creative when you're making or when you're doing. Um, 
I would say the opposite is true for me that the times where I'm maybe feeling less inspired or, or mm. when I'm, when I'm like, when I'm not trying those kinds of things, just like make stuff, publish stuff, just be creative. Um, you know, whatever that means to you, for me, it's more about entertaining. I like entertaining an audience. Right. I like, if I could be anything, I'd be a talk show host. Like, um, <laughs> I mean, you we know. can we can turn around the conversation. You be the host, yeah. and I be. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I, that's what I, that's what I want to do one of these days. But um, yeah, I think that everyone has their own their own deal. Um, but I think, I think the actual art of doing, putting yourself in motion in mm -hmm. in any capacity, even if it's something stupid like, hey, I'm gonna make this little Instagram series, or I'm gonna try this little podcast thing. I'm gonna do. Putting yourself in motion right. will build momentum that will keep you going in motion. You might turn a different way, right? You might all of a sudden hit the place and go, oh, I have a new idea. I'm going to go this way or whatever. But I think you'll be constantly in motion. You know, Just keep, always go. Less planning. I think we get stuck in like, okay, I'm going to do a thing. Hold okay. on. Now I got, I got to plan the thing and I'm going to do this and this and this versus like, just go do the thing. 